that will only happen if we make lasting changes in our lives. We need to have lasting change going on in our lives. But that's not easy. And it really isn't. It is not easy. You have to ask yourself, why is it that some people can bring about some of these changes, can make these changes, while other people can't? They seem to struggle with bringing about change in their lives. Well, this morning, I want to I talk about four biblical steps that we can take that will bring lasting change. Four biblical steps to lasting change. Because what seems to be the difference between the person who, who thrives when it comes to change and someone who strives but can't seem to make it? You know, they, they strive, but they can't seem to, to bring about the change they want to make. You know, I, I think that one answer, one answer to the question comes because some folks, some people are, are willing to, to acknowledge, they're willing to really address, they're willing to, to clearly identify what it is in their lives that needs to change, and then they're willing to, to work at those changes. They're work, willing to work at bringing about those changes that they want to see in their lives. They're willing to clearly identify the changes that need to be made. That sound, that's easy to say and hard to do. Because sometimes when you're talking about clearly identifying a change that you need to make, it's going to take a lot in here to bring it about. You have to deal with some issues in your life. But some people are willing to, to clearly identify what in their lives needs to change and then take the necessary steps to make it happen, to bring about that change. They are willing to take the necessary steps to make it happen. I remember about 15 years ago, my wife Debbie and I were in a discussion. You see, pastors don't fight with their wives, they discuss. They have these, you know, heated discussions with their wives. And notice it was 15 years ago. It was the last time I argued with my wife 15 years ago. Discussed anything with her? No, not at all. Um, but 15 years ago, we were having this discussion, and, uh, and Deb said something to me that made me emotionally react. Now, I didn't react really much on the outside, but I reacted on the inside. And as, I, as, I, as we were discussing, we were talking about this and things were coming to a kind of a conclusion, I started to think back on our discussion, our, our, our argument, and I thought to myself, you know, what she said didn't warrant my emotional response. It wasn't like she said something really cutting on purpose or she was looking to push a button. She was just, we were just talking and she was saying something and she was saying it with passion, but it wasn't anything. It did not warrant the emotional response that she got from me. And as I thought about that, after that time, I thought, you know, other people say things to me similar to what she said and get the same emotional response from me. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. Something's going on. And so I thought to myself, if I'm going to bring about the change I need to see in my life, because this happens over and over again, people are able to push a button and get an aggressive emotional response from me. Whether it's outward or inward, it happens. So what is it that's going on in my heart that's causing this emotional response? You see, the reality is change is difficult for everyone. And, and those who are able to make those changes in their lives aren't just lucky. It's not some kind of luck or some magic formula. It, there's something more to it. I've said it before, and it's worth repeating, but most change is a process. It's a process. They're, they're ongoing steps. It happens one step at a time. See, the reality is uh, th those who are willing to make those changes, that can make those changes, are willing to embrace biblical skills 
that will help them bring about those changes, not only make it easier to bring about those changes for now, but to bring about sustainable change over a longer period of time. That's what we want. We're looking, each one of us is looking for sustainable change over a longer period of time. We desire to, to take on these things that are, that are getting in our way, change them, and, and have them stay that way. We want sustainable change. Often people get stopped because they, they, they shift their focus, so they're really not able to shift their focus from the big picture long enough to bring about effective change. You know, they, they, they're not able to focus, uh, they're not able to get their minds off the big picture long enough to, effect, to effectively plan out how they're going to change. That's what we want to talk about this morning. When you don't have a solid plan, when you don't build support for your plan, it's, it's easy for you to get knocked off course and become discouraged or disillusioned. If you don't have a plan, if you don't know what it is you're trying to change, you don't have a plan on how you're going to change it, it's really easy for you to kind of get knocked off course and become frustrated, a little overwhelmed, and you just kind of, ah, you give up on the entire thing. But if we're willing to focus on a plan and take small steps, change itself becomes the motivator. I want you to think about that. I want to say that again. Change itself becomes the motivator. It becomes that which inspires us. Change itself. Every time you successful, successfully implement change in your life, you become a healthier person. You become a happy, a more content, a more healthy person in your life. And something happens when, when, when that transpires. Success builds evidence that change is possible and that God can do this in your life. Success, as you build success, as you bring about these changes one step at a time, one small step at a time, success breeds more confidence that God can work in your life, that God can do what you desire for him to do in your life, that God can overcome the stress and the difficulty that you're facing in your life. You see, transformation builds enthusiasm. It's that motivator. So I start to change and I get motivated. I get inspired. I realize that God can work through me, that I can actually, this can be brought about. And so transformation builds enthusiasm. And the, the root word for enthusiasm is entheos. It's a Greek word. It's entheos, which means God in. It's the ability to see God in a situation that makes you excited, that gives you enthusiasm. So you build this enthusiasm. Transformation brings this to be a part of your life, and it spreads confidence and a sense of achievement. We begin to believe that we can do this, that we have the ability to change, and, we, and that the Holy Spirit has the power to bring about that change. And so it all starts, it's like a snowball going downhill and picking up steam and picking up steams. It's, it seems that there's something magical about seeing change in your life. That, that inspires you to even more change. There's something that's really magical about it. You start to see it and, and you start to get excited about it and, and it feeds our desire for renewal and a resolve to make even more changes in our lives. It, it's amazing. We just need to keep moving forward and seeing that happen in our lives. The desire be, to, to become more like Jesus Christ grows. And then we have, this, we have this, this passion to reinvent ourselves. We want to reinvent who we are. 
We begin to realize that who I am today does not mean I'm going to be the same person tomorrow. I don't have to be the same person tomorrow. I can reinvent myself. I can change from within. Who I am today will not be who I am tomorrow. I love that about the, about the Christian walk. That's the great thing about being a Christian. You can change from one day to the next. You become a different person in 2010 to 2011. People can say, well, Jeff Greer is not too, or Jeff Greer really can't. And I, my response is, you can't tag me because I can't now, or I may not be that person now, but wait till, wait till next week, Nate, wait till next year. Give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity. Just wait for God to work in my life because that's the one thing I really, really, I love a lot of things about being a Christian. But one of the things I really love about being a Christian is that you can't tag me as he's not or he can't or he'll never. You can't do that because I'm changing all the time. I'm becoming more like my Savior Jesus Christ if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm living for him more all the time. So you can't just say, I can't or I won't or I will never. Maybe today, but not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, 10 years from now. 10 years from now, I'll be a completely different person standing up here talking to you, different experiences. God will have moved in my life in different ways. You'll, if, you, if, you're, if you're a part of this church for the next 10 years, you'll say, it's amazing. I remember when Pastor Jeff was like this, but he's really grown. He's so much, it's because of what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. It's, I love that about being a Christian. And you see, when I identified with my discussion with Deb, when I identified what it was in my life that needed to change, I had my own version of search and destroy. Once I figured out what it was, once I was weaving back in time and figuring out what it was that caused me to react that way, I had my own version of search and destroy. My goal is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and that issue or that memory or whatever it was was in the way. It was simply in the way, and it needed to be crushed. It needed to be destroyed. It needed to be put to death. Let, get, get it out of my life. So I got on my own version of search and destroy. Get that out of the way. So, so as we move on, let me give you now four strategies, four steps that help me in this area and, and that, that you, can, you, can, you can begin using to make the dynamic changes that you want to see going forward. I'll say so for four, four steps, four steps. And the first step is to acknowledge the gaps in your life. If you have a pen, write that down. Acknowledge the gap or the gaps, because there's probably gaps in our lives. Acknowledge the gap in your life. A gap, a gap refers to the difference between where you are today and where you are going to be tomorrow or in the future. So an example of a gap would be, I want to run in the, the, the Flying Pig Marathon, but I'm not doing any running today. I want to be in the Flying Pig Marathon next year, whatever, but I, or, or this year even, and I, have, I, haven't, I don't even walk very much. There's a gap. Or I want to be a farmer, but I'm living downtown Cincinnati in a high rise. There's a gap. Some of your gaps are big, some of your gaps are small, but they're gaps. Now, you can dream about change all day long, my friends, but to have the life you desire is a matter of identifying those gaps and closing those gaps. So you identify the gap, and you got to close the gap. 
Because again, you can dream about change. Oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. If you don't identify those gaps, it's going to be very difficult to bring about those changes. We are often so overwhelmed by the size of the change in our lives. We get so overwhelmed by the size of the change. It, 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 it kind of it, 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 it keeps us stagnant. We get so overwhelmed by it that we just give up before we even start. You kind of look at the big picture. You don't see it in, in increments. You see the big picture, and we get so overwhelmed by our lives. I have, you, you may be thinking, Pastor, I have so many changes I need to make. I am screwed up in so many ways that I can't even begin. No, forget that. That will overwhelm you. Identify gaps. Gaps. Identify them. What are they? Work on those particular gaps. Identify those gaps. Remember how you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You're, you're, you, you may see your gaps as an elephant. You think, I'm telling you to eat this elephant. I'm not saying eat it in one sitting, my friends. I'm saying, I'm saying eat it one bite at a time. Just keep going, just keep going. After a while, that elephant's going to be gone, regardless how big it is. It's going to be gone. Instead of looking at change as an overwhelming problem, you start to see life as a series of gaps that need to be closed. A series of gaps that need to be filled one at a time. So, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your pen out, and I want you to take your family news bulletin, and I want you to write down a gap, one gap. Just write down one gap. Go ahead, grab your pen. Make pretend you're doing it if you're not, so it makes me feel better. So grab your, grab your pen out in the front of your seat there. Write down one gap that you see in your life, one, one change. We can yammer all months, all these months long. If we're not going to take, do specific things, we're not going to be able to change. So God wants us to really change. And he says, okay, what are some things in your life that you need to change? Write down one gap. For example, I want to know God, um, but I don't read my Bible. There's a gap. You can't know God if you don't read your Bible. Just write down one gap that I would like to be here, but... So you may be still thinking about that, but if you come up with that gap, whatever it is in your life, write it on your family news bulletin there. And the second, the second step is to renew your mind. You need to renew your mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to renew our minds now that you've identified the gaps, you need to begin to close them. You need to begin to close them. Remember, we said two weeks ago that, that uh, we, we talked about Peter and, and Peter and his water walking adventure. He, he, didn't, he wasn't too successful on his water walking adventure because we talked about how he slipped back into his old way of thinking. The reason he ultimately failed is because he slipped back into his old way of thinking. At the heart of every gap, listen to me, at the heart of every single gap is an underlying belief that you are not capable, that you don't have what it takes to fill that gap, that you don't have what it takes to, to, to change. You don't have what it takes to reach the goal that you lay out in your mind. Therein lies the problem for so many of us. There is this underlying belief in our lives that we don't have what it takes. You are not alone in that. You see that in the life of Gideon. I mean, Gideon is a perfect example. In Judges chapter 6 and verse 14, here's what it says. The Lord turned to him and said, said to Gideon, Go in the strength I give you, or go in the strength that you have, 
and save Israel out of, Midian, out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Go in the strength that you have. Am I not sending you? But there's a problem with Gideon's underlying belief. There's a big problem. Judges chapter 6, verse 15. But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. God says, go in the strength that, uh, go in the strength that you have. Am I not sending you? So there, there's the, the reality is go in the strength that you have. God created each one of us. He created us with strength. God gives that to us. He gives us that strength. Go in the strength that you have. Am I not sending you? But there's a gap in, in Gideon's underlying beliefs. Gideon, listen to Gideon's response. I'm weak. I'm the least. In other words, I don't have what it takes. And see, some of you are thinking the same thing. You sit here and I could talk about this and, and your underlying belief, something else is speaking to you and telling you something different than what I'm telling you. Gideon's underlying belief was that I, I'm, I'm weak. I'm the least. I don't have what it takes. If you, if you won't, you won't change if you don't believe that God can do that work in your life. You will not change if you don't believe that God has the power to work in and through you. Simple as that. If you have that underlying belief that somehow that you, just you, it's just you out there. It's always just you. That's the lie that you hear. Everyone else has the ability. Every, God has speak, spoken to everyone else. God has given this, but not to me. This underlying belief that I am not capable of, of doing what God has called me to do. Here, the problem is that you don't believe what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And then in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, it reminds us of this. You, dear children, you, 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 you. I wish I could look in every single person's eye. You, dear, ch dear children, he says, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Am I not sending you? You, dear children, have overcome them. Go in the strength you have. Have you not, you, you ha, and have overcome them. Am I not sending you? In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, it tells us, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You see, you don't believe that. I can, I can share these verses with you, but the reality is you don't believe that. You don't believe that. You believe that someone else has told you. You believe the lie that someone else has told you. I'm reading these scriptures. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. It doesn't matter what someone told you in the past. It matters what God says. The new has come. I can do everything through him who gives me strength, but you don't believe that because someone told you a lie. You can't. You can't do this, or you, you, you're not this, or, and you've chosen. Let me, these are, my words are chosen very carefully. You have chosen, you have chosen to believe the lie. You're choosing it. It's a choice. You're choosing to believe a lie. 
You're choosing to believe that. And choosing a lie breeds fear. That's what it breeds. When you choose to believe in a lie, it breeds fear. How, I, here's what, let me give you a quick Jeff Greer's way of overcoming fear. I was a fearful person when I, when I was growing up. I mean, God, it's, the enemy just pounded on me the first 17 years of my life and made sure. It was almost an amazing, it was an amazing plan. I believe the enemy actually knows how, what you're supposed to be and does everything in his power to keep you from becoming that. So for 17 years, he had his way with me, basically keeping me in his shell, not wanting to be up front, not wanting to be out, outside of my comfort zone. I don't want to try anything new because what might happen and what might happen here? And what if someone says this? Or what if I try this and I fail? So he had me in a box. And then I got saved. And then Jesus Christ came into my life. And it was like, the old is gone, the new has come. Well, I'm, I, I, am, I am who I'm supposed to be. But you know what? That fear was still there. I, be, I still believe the lie. And the fear was still there. But God was speaking to me saying, you need to overcome this. You know what I did? Every single time someone asked me to do something that I was afraid to do, I said yes immediately. I didn't think about it. The moment the fear started coming, I said, yes. I said, absolutely, yes. Can you speak it? Yes, I can. I wouldn't care if I was speaking to the White House. Can you speak? Yep, I can, yep. Because you know why? Fear was not going to de dictate my destiny. It was not going to stop me from becoming the person that God created me to be because that's what lies do. They, 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 they breed fear. And if you, you see what you need to do is defy the lie. That's what you need to do. Defy it. If I'm afraid, I'm going to do it. And see, those lies, that lack of faith is getting in the way of you closing those gaps. Those lies that you've been told from childhood or since you started work or whatever else, that you're not something, those lies are keeping you from, from closing those gaps. You need to shine the light of Christ on those lies because as you shine the light of Jesus Christ on those lies, you expose those lies for what they are and you neutralize them. See, you, I was neutral. Every time someone would ask me to do something, I was afraid, I would expose the light of Christ. I would say, that fear is not of God. I would expose the light of Christ on it. I would react to it. And over a period of time, I neutralize the fear. I don't even get butterflies coming up here anymore. Sometimes, once in a while, for whatever reason, I'm not nervous. I'm not. Neutralize that fear. It was neutralized. How many people here this morning, how many are afraid of public speaking? Would I, can I get one volunteer? No, really, wait, here's... Well, I want one person, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up here. I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to make you. I want one volunteer to come up here and say, my name is so-and-so, and I'm afraid of public speaking. That's what I want you to do. One, listen to me, one volunteer. Well, you know, if you're not afraid, you can't do it. One person. It's not good to walk down the aisle there when I say something like that. I would sit down real fast. <laughs> I'm like, come on up there. Come on. Come on up. Here we go. Here we go. I'll hold the mic for you unless your hands are, in case your hands are shaking. Can you turn this mic on? Yeah, you're turning all red. That's good. My name is, and I'm afraid of public speaking. My name is Rhonda Asher, and I'm afraid of public speaking. 
you can go back down. Well, yeah, they want more. Say one more thing. Say one more thing. Yes. All right. There you go. Come on. What that, that, look at that. Listen, that's what, that's what needs to happen. That's what we need to face our fears head on. When you shine the light of Christ on them, you know how hard it is for Ron to come up and say, my name is Ron, and I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking? That was, that was brave. Not, was it not brave? Was that not brave? Okay, you do that about 50, I mean, every Sunday I'm going to have you come up. I'm just kidding. I'm not just, I'm just kidding. No, I would never do that. But what happens is once you come up and once you fight that and once you realize that, you know, I, I'm still alive. People loved the fact that who I was and, that I, and I said anything. And, they, and it's, it's shine, it neutralizes the fear. Whatever it is for you, you need to neutralize that fear. And shining the light of Christ on whatever lie it is in your life will neutralize that fear. You know, if you find yourself being held back because you have some, I don't know, some negative patterns of behavior in your life, you're thinking, you know, I'd love to get to that point, Pastor, but I just have these negative patterns of behavior in my life if that's the case for you, that's just another avenue for God to be able to change your life. Give it over to him. Give that over to him and let him begin to work on that part of your life as well. Okay, think about it. Think about this. What lie is keeping you from closing the gap? What lie is keeping you from closing that gap? You got a gap, so what lie is keeping you from closing the gap? He wrote down the gap. Now, if you would, I'd like you to be thinking about what is it? What lie in my life is, is, is keeping me from closing that gap? Someone told you at one point, you're not good enough. I don't know what words they use, but they said you're not good enough. They said you're not smart enough. They said you're not strong enough. They, you're not something enough. You're not like your sister. You're not like your brother. Why can't you be like, somehow you're just not enough. You can't ever, you could never please that person. You can never get their approval. So somehow you're sitting here this morning thinking, I am not capable. And you think, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a little, it is a big deal because it weaves itself into the fabric of your life. And you don't think that you're able or you're, you're, you're not enough something in order to overcome that, 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 that dilemma or that problem in your life. You're not able to change it because someone told you a lie and you're believing it. I want you to write that down. What is it? Just whatever it is. You know, here's, I want you to ask God to set you free from that lie. This morning, I want you to just, we'll have a chance at the end. I just want you to ask God to set you free from that lie. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to tell the person next to you your name, and uh, not right now. Here's what I want you to do. Tell the person your name and ask them to pray for you. You don't have to tell them what it is, what specifically it is that's keeping you from, what lie, what's the lie that's keeping you from closing the gap. But just tell the person your name and ask them to pray for you that God would help you overcome that gap. Just, just real quick. Just, and seriously, you've got to pray for the person. Just give them your name and then just ask them to pray for you this week that God would help you overcome that gap. Go ahead. All right, so all right, you told the person your name and you asked them to pray for you. That's, 
Nothing threatening there. Now, please, please, please commit, it, commit this week to praying for that person, that God would el- help them overcome uh, you know, the lies that are keeping them from closing that gap. This is extremely important stuff. It really is. And prayer is powerful. Okay, once, once that limiting thought is revealed, what, what's the next step? Well, the next step, step three, is to develop a plan. Develop a plan and take action. You want to develop a plan and take action. Here's where the rubber meets the road. All the inspiration and awareness in the world will only take you so far. We could sit here and get all wound up, but all the inspiration and awareness in the world will only take you so far. It will, it, it will take a lot more, my friends, than a good book or a motivational talk or willpower to overcome the kind of change that you need to make in your life. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, it really will. It'll take a lot more than just some book that you read or some talk that you hear, or whatever else, to overcome the kind of changes that you and I need to make in our lives. It's just the way it is. We need a plan. We need God to work on this plan. We need God involved in this. We're talking about changing from the inside out, not some pep talk. Not some watching some show on TV and, boy, now I feel a little bit better. It's going to take more than that. How often have, have you and I gotten fired up about changing something in our lives only to see it fade over time, right? You get all worked up about it. New Year's resolutions. You know, right? <laughs> we get all worked up and it only fades over time. That's, that's where having a solid biblical, biblical plan comes in. God wants us to develop an action plan. You know that old saying, those who fail to plan, plan to fail? If you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. If you don't put this, if you don't make this a part of your life, if you don't, if you don't look at this and say, uh, here's, here's what it is, I got to put this to death. I got to do whatever I need to do to get this out of my life. If you don't have a plan, if you don't plan to succeed, you're going to fail. It's important to write down the steps of this plan. So if you do, have your pen, write this down, okay? We'll write down these steps. Identify the gap. Identify the lie and ask for help. So that's simple. You can have a more elaborate plan, but there's the plan for this morning. Identify the gap. Identify the lie that keeps you from closing those gaps, and then, you know, ask for help. You need to get some help. This is important. This is key. An important part of designing any successful plan is building in an accountability structure. That's biblical, to build an accountability structure. When, when you're, when you're uh, accountable to specifics or you're accountable to individuals, it helps you. It helps you really to overcome some of the things that keep you from moving forward. When, you, when you're accountable to specifics in someone else, you have a better chance at following through with what you say you want to do in your life because someone else is helping you. We all need support. That's all there is to it. You and I need support. Often the difference between getting successful results and not getting successful results is the accountability that we put in place, the plan that we put in place. So give someone the right to call you periodically and ask you how you're doing, encouraging you. It could be your best friend. It could be a relative. It could be your pastor, just someone that you trust. The more accountability you have, the better. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12, it reminds us of this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We need each other. I believe that every single person here in this church should be involved in a Bible study or a life group. 
If you go online, it's, uh, our website is grace-chapel.com. Grace-chapel.com. Go online, and on our website, it's a newly developed website, there are going to be opportunities. You'll see Bible studies there. You'll see life groups there. We're starting a new life group here in March for people who may be new to the church and getting you connected. We have, we have these that are out there. We, I would love, love, love to see everyone connected in a life group or in a Bible study because we need each other. It's a place to encourage and challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need each other. It brings, a, it brings about lasting change. And it also brings us to our last step, our fourth step. Our fourth step is to commit it all to prayer. And you say, oh, yeah, you're a pastor. You're supposed to talk about prayer. Listen to me. Th- this is the most powerful step of all. This is it. Commit all of this to prayer. Remember, change comes from the inside out. This, this whole thing, it's not about the power that you have to bring about change in your life. This is about the power of God working in and through you. This is about the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. This is about the power of the resurrection uh, just working in your life. You just need to put yourself in a position for God to bring about the change that you need to see in your life. That's what this is all about. All those three steps are just putting you in a position to allow God to do what he needs to do in your life. So pray, pray that God reveals the gaps. Pray that God reveals the gaps. Pray that God will renew your mind. That God will open up and renew your mind and pray that God will help you develop a plan. Pray for those things. The gaps. Lord, show me the gaps. Lord, God, help me renew my mind. Lord, God, help me build a plan that you and I can work on together. We need to be together in this, and you need to be asking God constantly because the changes that you and I need to make are not small changes. The anger that you need to overcome, that angry disposition, that you, it's ruining your, your marriage relationship and your relationship with your kids, it's not going to be easy. You need God's help. Overcoming addictive behaviors and whatever they are, they're not going to be easy to overcome. You and I need God's help in all of these things. When, when someone says something to you and you emotionally react and you don't even know why, but it's a change you need to make because it's affecting your relationships, those are not easy changes to make because you've got to go way down inside and find out what it is. Where does that string lead? What's the, what's the cause, the ultimate cause of why you act and react the way you do? That's not going to be easy to change. We need God's help. And the way we receive God's help is that we pray and ask God through the power of his resurrection to come into our lives and to help us to change it's him. It's his plan. It's not you and your plan. God created you. God has the plan. God knows who you're supposed to be. Ask him to help you to become the person you were created to be. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. It's about him. He's the one who will make your path straight. He's the one who's going to change your life. It's not about us. We need to pray. So I want you to bow your heads with me. Just bow your heads with me. I want you to ask God right now 
to expose the lies that are not allowing you to close the gap. Just if you don't know what they are, you just just pray, God, help me over, just help me to expose those lies that are not allowing me to close the gap. Lord, please, right now, would you please just open up my mind and show me what those gaps are? Help me overcome my pride. It's affecting my relationships. Help me overcome my selfishness. I'm a selfish person, Lord. Help me overcome my selfishness. Whatever it is for you, I'm just throwing these things out. Ask him. Pray for God's strength. This is not going to be easy. But there's steps. It's, there's steps. It's not going to be easy, but God's not expecting you to change overnight. God is patient. God is loving. God is merciful. God is compassionate. God is forgiving. He's not expecting you to change overnight. So just pray for his strength over time that he would bring about the changes in your life that you need to see. Father God, every single one of us here, the oldest to the youngest, we all need to change. Maybe our mom and dad have said some things that we need to change. We need to stop lying. We need to stop stealing. We need to change our attitude. Mom and dad may be saying it, so we don't want to hear it, but the reality is it's true. So it doesn't matter how old we are this morning, Lord God, I pray that you would help us change, that we would stop lying and doing those things, that you'd help us. Father, if we're older and we have, we've been successful, whatever the case may be, and maybe we're a little bit proud, We've been kind of hanging on to it. Lord God, I just pray that you would intervene in our lives and that you would help us to put that away. Maybe not tomorrow, but in the coming weeks and months and years that you would transform us into a different person. That we'd be proud of ourselves because we become more like you. Father, for the anger and the the bitterness, the, the lack of forgiveness, whatever it is in our lives that is keeping us from growing in our relationship with you, God, work on those things as well. We want to change. We want to be transformed. And it only comes from you. So we lift all these things to you, Jesus. We lay them at your feet. We lay them at the cross. We pray that you would take them from us and that you would help us to work on them in our lives so that we can become the men and women, the boys and the girls, the students that you've created us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.